everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast. We're back. Today's date, June 13th of 2023. And uh, first of all, I'm your host, Karsten. Welcome to the show or welcome back to the show. Whether you've been listening previously or you are a brand new listener to the podcast, either way, thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate your support. Um, let's just dive right into it. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets they closed out the NBA Finals, uh, and they win their first championship or NBA championship in their franchise's history, uh, winning the series four games to one, um, beating the Miami Heat, uh, and what an accomplishment! You know, this was a phenomenal team, um, and I think there's a small apology owed. You know, you think back to me as well as uh, the other hosts on the podcast we uh we did of course playoff predictions and i don't think any of us picked denver to make it to the conference finals let alone the nba finals and um you might try and make an excuse uh oh i i it was an oversight or didn't really mean for it to turn out that way but um you know for whatever reason we thought that other teams were going to have that edge, but they they certainly proved us wrong. That was not the case. The Nuggets were dominant throughout the playoffs. I mean, their final record in this year's playoffs, 16 and four, um, just superb. You know, they lost a couple games to the Suns, uh, then one game each to the Timberwolves and the and the Heat, and then they swept the Lakers in the conference finals dominant performance throughout you know and they weren't a perfect team i mean we'll get into their their flaws and faux pas in game five and um you know they they weren't completely unstoppable all the time but they came through in the the moments that mattered most they had the best player on the floor at any given point and um they had a great team you know, and a great fan base. Congratulations as well to the the city of Denver, the you know Colorado fan base, the fans of the Nuggets. That's been a team that for a long time has been deserving of an an NBA championship. You think of the rich history that that franchise has, and we alluded it to we alluded to it with uh, our Instagram post when we initially congratulated the Nuggets on this title. You think back on the greats, uh, you know, starts with David Thompson and Dan Issel um, in the ABA days. And even before that, guys like Byron Beck, um, Bobby Jones in the mix there, you know, great players and great teams. They were the uh, team that won the last of the ABA's championships before the merger in 1976. After that, they had, um, you know, Alex English, Fat Lever, Dikembe Mutombo, in more recent years, Carmelo Anthony. Um, and there's a plenty of guys that have been forgotten in that mix who were unbelievably great. Marcus Camby, in his Denver years, a multi-time defensive player of the year. Um, you know, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, uh, formerly known as Chris Jackson. Uh, great guard in his own right. You know, um, those 80s Nuggets teams, Doug Moe, the coach, was one of the more underrated coaches in NBA history, of course, with Alex English, the all-time leading scorer 
in the NBA for the entirety of the eighties. Um, Kiki Vandaway had a nice run there as well. Um, just so many players who were great. Antonio McDice had years with the, with the nuggets, Nick Van Exel. Uh, those were the teams that were trying to refine themselves. Um, Allen Iverson and Chauncey Billups had run-ins there with the, the Carmelo Anthony years. Um, after that, it was those, that kind of downturn that helped lead to the beginnings of this current squad, the drafting of Nicole Jokic in 2014, 41st overall, of course, uh, maybe the greatest draft steal, um, uh, out of many, but a phenomenal, phenomenal choice. Uh, Jamal Murray, what he was able to come overcome in recent years to be able to win this championship and his performance, Aaron Gordon, what he brought to this squad, uh, along with Contavious Caldwell Pope, now a multi-time NBA champion, Michael Porter Jr. In his young career, he's already faced some adversity himself, and the depth. You know, a lot of veterans who have been long suffering in the playoff sphere. You think of DeAndre Jordan, once the a top one or two center in the NBA. I mean, he was an All NBA center, defensive force. He had been an afterthought. And he, you know, gets a championship, as does Jeff Green, uh, a long respected veteran in the NBA. Rookie Christian Brown, who was a big performer, you know, won the NCAA title last year and now an NBA title. Um, Reggie Jackson, another respected um high gal high caliber player, uh a little bit earlier in his career, and so many other guys that have just been phenomenal well well balanced team um assembled by a few different gms most recently calvin booth uh former player in his own right and then of course the coach who helped steer the ship steer the course and keep everything in the right direction michael malone um is so happy to see him get a, ch- a championship a heck of a coach and it, they were interviewing him after the game and he says, we're not going to be dissatisfied with one. You know, I think part of that speaks to what allowed Denver to be so dominant through the playoffs, their intrinsic belief uh, in themselves as a truly dominant team, but also it's exciting to see, you know, a, a still very young multi-time MVP in Nikola Jokic and now, Finals MVP, congratulations on that achievement as well. Your finals MVP for 2023, Nikola Jokic, the Bill Russell finals MVP. You know, a guy with that many accolades, still young, and they have that core. It's a core they've drafted. You know, they can now be a destination as, you know, for for that depth, those veteran guys. Hey, they've won a championship. They know what it takes. You know, let me try and help out their efforts to repeat. You know, they've got they've got some some room to work with when it comes to sustaining this roster, bringing in depth pieces, bringing in talent. Um, And uh, it's just awesome. You know, this is a great team. And again, this has been hammered home a little bit already in these uh, these early returns post finals. But the fact that this Nuggets team did it with a core that was drafted by the team. They make a couple moves, you know, for like an Aaron Gordon. He was their 
their best non-drafted player. Um, and it was his first team uh, after his the team that drafted him, you know, making the right moves, bringing in those bench guys that were the journeymen that had the experience. Uh, you love to see it, you know. And before we get into the game summary, we'll go through, you know, game five in depth, talk a little bit more about it. Um, shout out to Miami, you know, heck of a season. Uh, a tough way to go out, of course, you know, you, you get a gentleman sweep in the finals. Um, but you got to give them credit for what they were able to do. Everyone had counted them out. Um, I mean, they they slipped into the playoffs. They had to win a close game against Chicago to even have a chance in the playoffs. You know, they were in the last game of the play-in tournament. And then they have that incredible series victory against Milwaukee. The next round, they they easily, not easily, but they, they handily take care of business against the Knicks. Knicks a solid squad, but Miami shows how talented they are, how great of a team that they are. And then they beat the, uh, you know, the Celtics in a, a tough fought conference finals to get to the NBA finals as an eighth seed, only the second team behind the 99 Knicks to do that. Um, Jimmy Butler deserves all sorts of credit. Even if, you know, I think there might be some lingering questions about his performance overall in this finals. Um, there was questions about the ankle and all sorts of things. I don't think you can put a ton of stock into that when you look at how incredibly was in the playoffs, even to just get them to the finals credit to Bam Adebayo as well. You know, he did really step up in the finals. You know, he was the bright spot for Miami in a series that they struggled in a lot. Eric Spolstra had them competitive in every single game. Um, you know, the bench, the bench guys were great, but also the guys who were thrust into starting roles to fill spots, you know, Tyler hero and Victor Oladipo out with injury. You have guys like Caleb Martin, Max Struess, of course, and Gabe Vincent. Those two had been emerged for Miami at that point. But Caleb Martin as well. The new addition, Kevin Love. Um, Kyle Lowry having a much better year this year than he did last year. Um, this Miami team had every chance to win a championship. And again, every game was close. This this was not quite the 4-1 series that it, feel, that it's, it is on paper. You know, it felt more like a six-game series or could have even been you know, seven game type of series as far as the competitiveness. Miami really was worthy of being in the finals, but again, Denver certainly worthy to win the championship. And uh shout out to both these teams. Tremendous job. Let's go ahead and jump into game five in particular. Break it down. You know, Nuggets go back home, three-one lead, looking to close it out, uh, which of course they're able to do, but it was uh, a crazy game. First of all, the final score 94 to 89 for the Nuggets to win. Low scoring. The offense really came in, it seemed like frantic bursts for both teams. You know, both teams would have a few minutes of crazy offense getting baskets back and forth. And then they would have a stretch where um neither team scored for a few minutes. It was very tense. It seemed like the the Nuggets crowd, the building was standing 90% of the time. I mean, you can't blame them. You're on the verge of a championship. Miami had the largest lead of the game. They led by 10 points early in the second quarter. Um, They had the better first half easily, uh, despite a a really impressive first quarter run by the Nuggets. 
they go into halftime with, you know, a, a six or seven point lead, the Heat do. And the Nuggets fight back to tie it. They take a lead before Miami retakes the lead going into the going into the fourth quarter. And then the Nuggets held the lead for the most part throughout that fourth quarter. Jimmy Butler goes on a crazy run right at the moment that Mark Jackson, uh, doing color commentary, of course, says the Jimmy Butler needs to, you know, put the team on his back. Um, paraphrasing a little bit, you know, be the guy, take charge, take over, and uh, hits a few crazy threes, gets a foul call that was a little controversial, gets uh, some free throws at the line on a three-point attempt as well. You know, a burst that helps bring him right back into it. This was uh, mid to late uh, fourth quarter. But then the Nuggets stayed resilient, and they had key plays late. Contavious Caldwell-Pope with a huge steal, shades of Havlicek and his steal against the, uh, I believe, the 76ers um, in the 60s, mid-60s, somewhere in that range, Um, either against the Sixers or the Warriors, one of the Philadelphia teams. Uh, but shades of that moment, you know, they, they get some, some key plays late. They come up with the 50, 50 balls, you know, and, uh, they toughed it out, hit the clutch free throws at the end and, and got the victory, you know, so it was a wire to wire game. It felt like either team could win it at any point. Um, me watching it, I felt like I couldn't get up to, to do something, even if I had, I think I was doing laundry at the time and I didn't have, you know, I needed to change a load, but I'm like, I don't want to leave this game because this is going back and forth. It's crazy. Um, and that was even in the second quarter, you know, it was just an unbelievable game uh, for both teams. Looking at the final box scores, firstly for the Miami heat, Jimmy Butler finishes that last game, 21 points, five assists, three rebounds and three steals. Um, five of 18 from the floor, tough shooting night, but hit two of five, three pointers, nine of 11 from the free throw line did all right. I'd say bam out of bio, 20 points, 12 rebounds and assist a steal. Great game. And again, he had a great series. He was hugely impressive for me. 12 points each for Max Struess and Kyle Lowry Struess, one of six from three point range, Lowry four of nine from three. And he was really Along with Adebayo, Kyle Lowry felt like kind of the Heat's second-best player in this particular game. Uh, He hit some really clutch threes towards the end. Lowry with nine rebounds, four assists, two steals, and a block as well. Uh, Struess with eight rebounds. And then 10 points for Caleb Martin, 0 of 4 from three-point range, five rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block. Uh, Gabe Vincent, 0 of 4 from three-point range as well. Kevin Love made 1-3, 1 of 4 from the three-point line. As a team, Miami shot 25, nearly 26% from the the three-point line, 34% overall from the floor. Just couldn't make a shot, you know. But it's funny because really, you look at the the game for Denver, they struggled to make shots as well. They were even worse from three-point range. And I thought that was going to be a difference maker. I thought there was several points where I felt we're going back to game six and Miami's going to take this one. Um Denver was five of 28 from three-point range. Brutal. They just couldn't get a three to fall, even though they had great looks. You know, they interviewed Michael Malone at one point during the game, and he said, I I love our offense. We're getting wide-open looks. We're getting great shots. We just can't knock them down. You know, and he had that confidence that they were going to fall 
at some point. Um, but that, that was tough. Overall, though, they shot about 45%. So they were able to make up for it in that way. Nikola Jokic led the, the team and the game in scoring 28 points, 16 rebounds, four assists, and a block. Um, great all-around percentages. Had had some turnovers, some fouls, got a little bit of foul trouble, but uh, really showed why he's a multi-time MVP and he's one of the top two or three players in the world period right now. Maybe even the best player. Uh, you, you can easily make that argument that he's the best. Along with him, the second leading scorer was not Jamal Murray, uh, was Michael Porter Jr. He had 16 points. 13 rebounds, three assists, and I love the way he played. You know, we've been talking a ton during this series about his struggles, or the media especially has talked about his struggles shooting the ball. From the three-point line, I would proffer to say he's easily below 30% from the three-point line in the series, maybe even below 25%. I mean, just could not get a three to fall. In this game, one of six from three-point range, no different. 41% from the floor. But one, the rebounding, of course, was huge. Getting some key rebounds and key moments. They needed to hold Miami to one possession. But also, that one three-pointer hit was in maybe one of the biggest moments it could have been. I loved his tenacity. He did not shy away. He had a play driving to the basket, and he puts it behind his back, between his legs to the front of his body, into his right hand for an inside reverse lay-in. And there's, you know, one or two Miami guys right there on the play. And you wonder, how does he make that? Um, His youth, his offensive ability, his skills, combined with that mature sense of urgency and the sheer desire to just go out and and put the effort in. You know, he was not going to let the game slip away to Miami. Uh, He was going to be a part of the, the solution and uh, love the way he played. Along with him, Jamal Murray, 14 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, and a steal, 6 turnovers. A little bit of a rougher game, but on the series as a whole, he was stellar, and he was really stellar throughout the playoffs. Without Jamal Murray, you know, this Nuggets team doesn't win a championship. He was a difference maker. We knew that they were going to be a, st- a solid team, and Jokic was going to be incredible. But he need every star needs that guy who's going to be this the the co-star, the secondary guy to to bring in that offense. And Jamal Murray played that perfectly. He, you know, might have been right there with Jokic as far as assists for the series for the finals. I mean, he was stellar when his offense was a bit hit or miss in uh, one or two of these games. He kept the assists high. He was again that perfect complimentary star. Two of seven from three-point range in this game. Six of 15 from the floor overall, about 40%. Not the greatest, but again, he had some huge games in this finals and the playoffs. No matter how he's shooting up to any given point in a game, you still love to see him take a shot because you have a feeling he's going to be able to make it. You know, He's going to be able to make those plays. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, 11 points, four rebounds, two assists, and some great defense. Three blocks and two steals. Hugely important. Again, a multi-time champion now. If you would have told me three or four years ago that Contavious Caldwell-Pope would be a key starter on multiple champions in the next few seasons, at that point, I would have been very surprised. Not that he was a bad player, but it just seemed like, you know, he was a, an okay-ish starter 
who could hit some shots and and just kind of be okay for you. But he has, you know, far and away exceeded any thoughts I would have had of him at that point. Uh, not that he'd ever be trying to, you know, please my thoughts, but basically he's become a proven championship caliber starter. He's a guy that will fit in fill gaps kind of a guy, you know, he'll hit the open threes uh, working within your offense. He, he's not going to be a ball stopper. He'll get boards. He'll defend. He'll hit free throws two of two on some very clutch free throw attempts. Uh, You know, hugely deserving based on this effort, especially for the nuggets, Aaron Gordon, not a huge statistical game scoring wise, four points, Seven rebounds, two steals, a block, and an assist. One, His block was an unbelievable block. Kyle Lowry trying to get a shot up and basically catches it and brings it all down in one motion. And Aaron Gordon, again, huge for them throughout the series. Loved the way he played. Early on, of course, he was an exciting player, a lot of potential, kind of a combo forward, of course, with the athleticism, the dunking prowess. You know, that that spot etched out in the trophy case where his, you know, dunk contest championship should be in a couple different instances in a lot of fans' minds. Um, and I don't necessarily disagree, but I just love the way he played. And it was this whole Nugget squad. They they had the urgency. They, you know, knew that Miami was going to fight and fight. They were not going to give this game up. And Gordon played terrific, even if the stats, again, don't really show it. One of six from the floor, 0 of two from three-point range. Um, Great game for him as well. Ten points, six rebounds off the bench for Bruce Brown with an assist, a steal. He was there. He was the perfect sixth man. You know, he could get that offense if he really needed him to, although the starting lineup more often than not had great offense. But he was a jack of all trades. The rebounding. What he was able to do with his size on the rebounding end defensively, you know, being able to assist the ball as well. Tough night shooting, but again, great series and great game for him. Christian Brown, the rookie, again, versatility, playing a little bit down, more like a small forward if you really needed to uh, with smaller lineups. Jeff Green loved his tenacity. And then they played DeAndre Jordan a few minutes because, again, they had Jokic and Gordon in early foul trouble. Uh, Gordon with four personal fouls on the game. And so Jordan came in and he got a nice block. He contributed, you know, love to see him in at least some small part be an actual, you know, part of this, of this championship. You know, Thomas Bryant, Vladko, uh, Chanchar, Zeke Naji, Ish Smith, Peyton Watson, um, Colin Gillespie and Jack White. I believe those are all the remaining Nuggets players. Congratulations to those guys again. Awesome game, awesome championship, well-deserved. And that's really it. You know, that covers everything. One last thing that will kind of help segue us to our key news following that uh, that game five and that end of the finals. For Miami, Tyler Hero was available to play in game five. Um, it was kind of up to Eric Spolster's discretion whether to play, or, play him or not in that pivotal game five decided against it um and i think a fair choice the team the game was close throughout miami had the opportunity to win it without hero so if you can give him additional time to recuperate from that injury and that surgery uh 
solid choice. You know, now what that means for Miami hero has, you know, more time to, to fully heal and recover from that injury. Isn't being, you're not risking it at all. Any, you know, concerns of rushing him back too soon, but that'll just be a conversation for their preparations for next season. And uh, that's how that goes. Let's jump into the remaining key news here. Um, and I will start by uh, making sure I pull this up and get the facts right. Um, I feel it's necessary to take a couple of minutes to um, make note of this. Of course, the the focus, and I think, you know, it is important to focus on the positives. Um, obviously the big story should be nuggets win the championship. Um, I just hate that we had this, this news that broke the next day after the championship this morning, um, that there was a shooting in Denver, um, right after that, I would think somewhat tied to the celebrations. It was in downtown Denver. Um, from what I've seen, um, it looks like, uh, somewhere around nine or 10 people have been wounded or injured in that incident. No, um, no fatalities from what I've seen so far. Um, thoughts and prayers, of course, to, anyone who's been afflicted by that incident. Um, no, I don't know anything about who would have perpetrated it, nor do I care to even acknowledge who that would be the background, anything like that. Um, just, just sad, just unfortunate that you have such a moment of jubilation and excitement unity celebration for for a city a community um you know to me that and and i don't want to go on a whole diatribe about sports and and the real world but to me the the thing about sports is you have a city a community that has all sorts of different people people different backgrounds but everyone can kind of rally around one cause hey let's let's cheer our team to victory right and you have something like this that team tastes ultimate success for the first time in their franchise history. And then you have to deal with this in your celebration. And it's just unbelievable. Um, so again, best wishes to anyone who's been affected by this. Hopefully, you know, people come out of this. Uh, those who are injured are able to recover. Um, hopefully we don't hear about any uh, fatalities and, uh, yeah, just wanted to make note of that because it's important that that is told. Again, I like to focus on the championship side of it, continue that celebration, um, but it's important to acknowledge that that, that happened. Um, so let's jump into the uh, remaining news items. First, we have a couple of uh, hiring decisions uh, for coaching staffs. Firstly, for the Toronto Raptors, they're hiring Memphis assistant coach Darko Rajakovic as head coach. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. And then the Boston Celtics are hiring Milwaukee associate head coach, Charles Lee as their lead assistant coach. Um, and I would imagine those 
those sound like very similar titles. So maybe just the same, same job, different title with two different coaching staffs. Um, of course, uh, Charles Lee joining um, Joe Missoula's staff in Boston uh, alongside Sam Cassell, another recent hire to that assistant staff. So a couple of hires to keep note of there. Finally, one last additional note on the, the finals. Uh, if we're talking about the broadcast, uh, the ABC slash ESPN broadcast crew, uh, right now, of course, Mike Breen, your play-by-play commentator with both Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy doing color commentary. Um, but the, the the great news after Game 5, uh, that Monday broadcast, Mike Breen officially called his 100th finals game. And he joins Chick Hearn of the Lakers. Uh, he, he was a commentator for the Lakers. And Johnny Most, the famed Celtics commentator as the only commentators with a hundred finals games for their career. So huge accomplishment, a, a credit to a hall of famer, uh, uh, one of the greats in broadcasting and commentating, no doubt. So congratulations to him for that achievement. Um, certainly well-deserved having called that many games started in 2006, actually with uh, Hubie Brown was doing the color commentary and the, Heat Mavericks series uh, with Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Shaquille O'Neal, that series. So again, congratulations to him. And that is it for our news. That is, and that's really it for the show for the most part. I mean, we do game previews, but we don't really, of course, have any games coming up. So let's get into, uh, firstly, our This Day in History fact before we get ready to wrap things up. Uh, Today, we're going back to 1989, June 13th of 1989. The Detroit Pistons completed a final sweep of the Los Angeles Lakers with a 105-97 Game 4 victory, winning the first NBA title in franchise history, certainly apropos for the Nuggets having won their first championship in their franchise history. Um, So, yeah, great fact, great teams, those Pistons teams of the late 80s, early 90s, uh, the bad boys, of course. So that's really it for our show. Uh, Firstly... Let me real quick plug the Instagram page, crossover across time, all one word, no inst- no uh, no capital letters. We share content from the show as well as doing our best to like and share content from across the NBA. So that, along with the podcast, those are both great ways to stay up to date with what's going on in the NBA world and also hopefully get that historic perspective that we aim to provide on the podcast. Um, as far as our schedule goes going forward, we'll chat about that for just a second. We did post an update to that Instagram page with that schedule. Of course, today, the 13th, we have that finals recap that we just uh, just finished up or are in the process of finishing up at this very moment. Um, tomorrow, we will do an episode in which we'll briefly conversate about our weekly predictions. You know, that was something that got a little bit lost on the side amidst uh life events as well as our other you know playoffs and finals uh podcast episodes Um, but tomorrow's podcast we're going to look back at the weekly predictions we made during the season most all of those are at a point where we can say definitively whether those predictions were accurate or completely off the radar or, or or way off um there's a couple that are still kind of to be dated we'll say, but uh, we'll talk about those when we get to that point. Next week, we're going to focus on the NBA draft. We'll have a couple episodes. On Wednesday, we will preview the NBA draft, uh, teams, the order of picks, uh, 
projections on picks, things like that. We really haven't talked much at all about the prospects for this draft during the season, Um, but that'll be our day to really get in deep, talk about those prospects. The draft, of course, will be the following day on the 22nd, and then on the 23rd, we will have our NBA draft recap. We'll talk about what teams did, any trades, things like that. And then the following week, uh, we won't have another show until that Friday on the 30th, in which we'll do our free agency preview, um, which is a little bit dependent on the exact NBA schedule uh, for the summer in, uh, in regards to specifics of free agency, deadlines, opening, moratorium, trades, all that kind of stuff. So uh, that'll be something to keep an eye out. And we have that on our Instagram page as well, that we will post further updates on schedule once that becomes available. Um, Throughout July, we'll do a little bit of, you know, episodes here and there to keep updated on what happens with free agency and any trades. And there'll be a certain point where we wrap up our, our first season of the podcast and start preparing for season two, which will be this upcoming NBA season the 2023 through 2024 NBA season. So that's a quick outlook on how that goes. So again, we'll be back tomorrow with our little weekly prediction recap show. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Thanks again, everyone who listened. We really appreciate your support on the podcast and uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow. 